Hi, <laughs> welcome to Believe, a Ted Lasso podcast. I'm Julian. And I'm Tom. Hi, everybody. We are Team Binge. Thank you for joining us. We are going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 9, called All Apologies. Mm, the penultimate episode. The pen... Penultimate episode. Okay, that means... That means the second to last episode. Oh, yeah, no, I knew that. I didn't think it was like a satanic <laughs> worship thing. Nope. Um... You and your pentagram necklace. <laughs> this episode is written by Phoebe Walsh. I believe that's how you say that first name. <laughs> I think you nailed it. Wonderful. Uh, what's interesting, and I did not realize this, I should have written, realized this, is she's a, she's been a story editor on the show okay. through, the, uh, through the season. She wrote this episode. She is the same person that plays Beard's girlfriend, now ex-girlfriend, who makes an appearance in this. Oh, the, the, the chess... chess. Jane is is her character. Okay. So that actress is the writer of this episode. What is the story story editor you said is her role? Yeah, her story editor. They just kind of like they don't write episodes, but they just make sure the whole story is cohesive. That would that would be my assumption. But other than the podcast biz, I've never been in show business. (laughs) Themes for this episode: big one here, forgiveness. Mm. We reached the point with uh, Ted and Rebecca. Roy's career and his legacy, and then Ted making a decision regarding Roy and his legacy. Mm-hmm. That would be the other big thing that happens in this episode. I would also argue breaking point. Breaking it's point. A, it's a breaking point for a lot of characters in this episode, okay. which we'll get into, but I think that is that is the theme for this episode as well. Okay, that's not in the outline, but no. I guess we'll roll with it. On the fly. <sighs> <laughs> All right, so this starts with us in the formerly haunted training room, no longer haunted, where Oscar the Grouch Roy is in a blue trash can, is what it looks like. The way they framed it, you're like, oh, okay, he's just in ice, he's cooling off, he's in like a nice professional like uh, ice bath. Sure. But then it comes where literally it's just for recycl- I don't know how he's sitting in that. Is he like squatting well, it's super in it? Tall. It's it, in our state, it's a recycle bin, is what he's in. Yeah. You, you put your cans and boxes in there. 100%. No roids, no trash. <laughs> so he is in up to his face in ice bath. Uh, we get from the television that they've recently lost a game, mm. and a lot of the blame is being placed on our guy, Roy Kent. Seemingly rightly so, even though Ted doesn't want to admit it. Right. Uh, you see some stuff on the TV, like it kind of flashes about, like, what what he was doing for the first thirty some games, what he's been doing for the last nine, and you know his stats are obviously waiting. Uh, I think at one point it shows on the TV like game losing, season crushing own goals. First thirty four matches zero, last nine matches one. <laughs> so did he score a goal on them? It was an own goal. That's why he's like incredibly depressed. He's obviously playing poorly, but he had an own goal. Which means what? He, like, kicked back to the goalie and it went in? It means, like, so say an attacker is taking a shot and it might deflect off of him or he's trying to deflect it out of bounds and instead it goes into the net. What you'll generally see that on is deflections or on, like, a corner kick where the attacker comes in to try to head it, the attacker misses it, and it just comes off the other player and happens to ricochet into the net. So that's why he's crazy depressed and in his little ice uh, coffin. Got it. Okay. <laughs> All I know is that Ted comes in and is trying not to allow him to literally wallow in self-pity. Yes. And Ted says something like when Roy is complaining and he's like, hey, just tell me I did terrible and leave. Ted says something like, much like Woody Allen playing the clarinet, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> We're all familiar with Woody Allen. He's a creep. Uh, I googled it because I did not understand this joke and there is old like YouTube videos of Woody Allen like jazz clarinetting it up and really crushing it like in his prime time or like his his heyday if you will he's younger yeah it's not like the video I watched was clearly an older you know when jazz was still cool yeah (laughs) is jazz still cool yeah I mean jazz cool skip skip do da ba da da Oh man, I am not editing that out. I do, um, I, I do feel like in this episode, and maybe it just hit me more so that has other ones. But I'll just mention it here at the top. I feel like there were too many of those like jokes, where or Ted says, "Oh, it's like blah blah blah," and then kind of says what it is, like, like it's a Woody Allen comparison joke. Okay. I feel like I feel like there were just 
one too many of them where it kind of took me out. Every time I heard that, I'm like, okay, these are the writers just trying to squeeze this thing in. Because okay. you could argue you could put that line into like anything that kind of Ted says. Okay. I I don't know. I didn't I didn't like didn't like that. You didn't like the like I jokes. I didn't I didn't like the like like there's a crazy take from me. I'm gonna zig where you zag. <laughs> didn't have enough of them. I wanted more of them. It's like dairy puns. You need more. You need more dairy puns. Ted tells Roy that he's always got his back. Ted then leaves. Danny Rojas, our man, <laughs> comes in. The, Ted like turns the lights <laughs> yeah. off. Roy is just trying to wallow in darkness. <laughs> Danny Rojas comes in. He does say hi to Roy. Yep. He gets on the treadmill and he's singing while sprinting. And he is apparently, I had to look this up, he is apparently singing a verse of the intro to Ted Lasso oh, really? in Spanish on the treadmill. Nice. I can't translate it myself, <laughs> but that's what the internet told me. It seems odd to have a uh, treadmill in like the, the physio room or the or well, I would think it's for like rehab, right? They're trying to work. But they out. have a very specific like weight room area that has a bunch of the treadmills. So they had like Keely and Roy walking on. I don't know. It may yeah, to your point, maybe it's a special one for doing rehab. Well, I know when I go for rehab for my drinker's knees <laughs> uh, that they have a treadmill in the room. And then we go from the non-haunted training room to Rebecca, <laughs> who is doing a photo shoot uh, where this is apparently for some sort of business magazine for women in soccer. Mm -hmm. And Ted makes some fun jokes and he brings her her biscuits and he says, like, hey, it's very important to be a role model because she kind of brushes <laughs> off the mm -hmm. whole thing. And he says he, she's going to be a, a role model to little girls in power suits. Not just any power suits. In eggplant, eggplant suits. Eggplant colored, par, <laughs> uh, yes, power suits. And Rebecca says, so in this scenario, uh, little girls read football financial quarterly. Of course they do. Which is a great line. <laughs> Ted brings up that Higgins, he wishes Higgins was still around. This is like his subtle, like, you know they've had a conversation about Higgins. It wasn't so subtle. And then he's he continues to bring up Higgins. And he's like, you know, if Higgins was here, he'd really appreciate that you were getting noticed. Mm -hmm. She asks about the team morale and the loss. Keely walks in kind of at this moment. Mm -hmm. And we ended last episode with Keely confronting Rebecca about the pictures and that Rebecca set them up and that Rebecca needs to tell Ted that yep. she's been trying to sabotage his efforts with the team. Mm -hmm. So when she comes in, she interrupts and, and she is essentially calling Rebecca out on being a fraud about caring about the team. And Does Keely know that, though, at this point? I feel like Keely obviously knows about the trying to frame Ted in this little bit. But does do we know that Keely knows everything about Rebecca and trying to destroy the team? Have they established that in earlier scenes or their relationship? I don't, I mean, she doesn't know, like, the other things yeah. that Rebecca names later, like Trent Krim or the Jamie. Maybe she's put the thing together about Jamie. Right. But she's definitely upset because they should have, at this point, she assumed she was going to talk to Ted and have this kind of conversation. Right. And clearly has not yet. Right. And then Ted asks a very funny question about, hey, has Tom Ford <laughs> gotten back to Keeley? Never heard of that? Tom Ford in my life. Okay, so I had to look Tom Ford up. <laughs> Tom Ford is a model, uh, well, it's a fashion designer. He's okay. a fashion designer. That's his label. Uh, and so Ted is asking if essentially they wanted him to be in any sorts of ad campaign. And she's very funny. She's like, they would only consider you for an everyman campaign or some sort of satirical campaign. But he's excited about it. He's, oh, like, yeah. all right, all right, he's like, all right, that's not a no. That's not a no. Good old Ted. Does like Tom Ford, I mean, did you do enough of a dive? Does it like fit his persona or anything like that of no like it's a like super fashiony okay it's not like you know a great fit like when tom brady does uggs you know that is oh, just a yeah. match made in it's heaven like lamb and tuna fish if you picture like ted lasso shirtless with like a blue filter over the commercial <laughs> and he's like climbing onto a yacht and then it just says like one italian word <laughs> uh i guess tom ford in italian <laughs> accent that would be the commercial, and he's probably not the right guy to... And he's wearing a Speedo in this situation. Oh, wow. Banana hammock. Yes, sir. <laughs> so then Keely pulls Rebecca out of that conversation. They go to some sort of equipment room that we've never been in. It didn't even really look like a... It was like the kit room, I guess. It was just uh, a cubbies that you would have in preschool or kindergarten with shoes in them. Yeah, it's the, it's the boot boots. box. <laughs> the boot box. It's the boot box. It's just a bunch of... 
boxes with all of the different players' boots. Which I, I assume in that level, these guys are getting like new kits or new uh, shoes like every practice game, that kind of thing. But... It almost like a it looked like a used shoe museum. <laughs> yeah, it did. Like they didn't. They had like little like placards under each one of the things, which probably said a number, like a player's number, not their whole name. Like they weren't long enough to be a name, but clearly each one of those had to align to a player. I gotta assume they get new boots for every game. Or they like probably get them for every to. game, but maybe for like training and stuff like that. Like, cause you know, AFC Richmond's like they're still a Premier League team, though. I mean, they make a boatload of money. Right. But you watch like these Premier League games, and they like Twitter is really big about like promoting games before they start. So like Chelsea that I follow, the Twitter account will like post a picture of like the captain's locker before like two hours before the game, getting okay. you hyped up for it. And it's brand new kit, brand new right. boots, brand new everything sitting there. So I think it's more for the joke of them just to be in this really uncomfortable room, which Rebecca sure. mentions the stench is just uh, taking over her nostrils. Yeah. When you were a sports guy, uh, wearing sportsman, when you were a sports man, uh, and you were wearing all your sports stuff, were you like superstitious? Would you like wash your stuff? Would you? Because one of the things I would think about, you brought up like new cleats for every game. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, so you're breaking in new new boots, new cleats for every game? Like that to me seems kind of annoying. It depends. I think the boots that these guys wear, like they're, I don't know, they're like two, three hundred bucks if you actually want to buy them yourself. But they're not just like a, a hard rubber that you do have to work in. Some of them are incredibly soft that actually have like mm. almost cloth in it. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's all up to the player. You might have some guys that prefer... I mean, when I played soccer as a youth, I didn't really have any like that kind of stuff because you couldn't afford it. I mean, right, what you, what you had is what you had. But we had like I had, like a little stuffed animal. I had a little stuffed animal alien that I kept in my bag at all times that did probably smell god awful because is this I just a real left story. It. This Are is you... a real story. Oh, okay. I had a stuffed animal. We were at a uh, a tournament in California, and I won it from a claw machine. Okay, during sure. like some event. The claw. So then we just I, I think we called Billy the alien. So Billy was the alien. We, I put it in my bag, and it was just like a throwaway thing. We, did, we won like four or five straight tournaments. So at that point, it became a thing. It became mm. a good luck charm. So I stayed in my bag and we never washed it. Where is Mr. Alien? Billy the Alien did survive with me for quite some time. But I believe in college, I we parted ways. Mm, yeah. yeah. Probably wasn't a real big getter of the romantic relationship. Well, that and my wife is definitely afraid of aliens. So that wouldn't have worked well in the bedroom. That's fair. They're coming for us. <laughs> Rebecca and Keeler are in this weird uh, shoe museum, boot museum, forgive me. <laughs> she is asking Rebecca why she has not told Ted that he uh, that she has been sabotaging him. Mm-hmm. And Rebecca says something like, imagine doing something unforgivable to someone who doesn't deserve it and then having to look them in the eye and telling them <laughs> that you have done it. Which is like a pretty normal like thing that happens. Like the way she says it is very dramatic, but you're like, no, that often happens in life. It's called an apology. Like you <laughs> yeah. do something to someone, you go and apologize. Yeah, but it was another level that she's done. She like she says unforgivable things. I think that Unforgivable like pooping in someone's locker. <laughs> That is pretty aggressive. What, Keely was 13 when she pooped in a, a girl's locker? That, just logistically, I have questions. Yeah. But I don't want to go into it, because this is podcast for kids <laughs> who have watched Ted Lasso. <laughs> yeah. Kids love poop humor. Peepee fingers, man. <laughs> Peepee fingers. Yeah. Oh, man. So, we discovered that Keely was, oh, Keely... Rebecca's like, why did you poop in someone's locker? She's like, why did you toilet in someone's locker? She says it in some British way. And and Keely's like, I don't know. I was a teenage girl. And everyone in this episode is describing girls in weird ways. <laughs> yeah. Like earlier when Rebecca's doing the suit, uh, the photo shoot, Ted calls them mysterious and silly and powerful. And he stopped trying to figure them out. So now we get Keely's version where she calls them mysterious, dark, and dangerous. <laughs> Uh, always mysterious. Always mysterious, which, uh, yeah, makes sense. So then Nate arrives, your boy Nate, and describe to me how much you enjoyed Nate showing up and in his weird shoe museum is Rebecca and Keeley. Well, yeah, and he has that kind of great line where, um, I don't know, Butchericks, we don't have it listed down, but he kind of mentions like, like, geez, I know women love shoes, but man, this is taking a little overboard. Man, ladies, yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, that was incredibly sexist. He does a 
180 very quickly. As in, in classic date fashion, he's a little uncomfortable in the room. He's going to get away. He yes, runs. he departs very quickly. Doesn't exit as well as Roy does, but he exits uh, no, pretty good just the does same. does not ang angrily leave a room. Keely expresses that, because Rebecca's like, what does it matter if I tell him at this yeah. point? Which I almost agree with. We'll get into this a little bit. But Keely expresses, hey, it's not really about how Ted sees you at this point. It's how I see you. Yeah. And I think you're essentially a piece of dirt for doing this to him. Mm -hmm. So you can see that has an effect on Rebecca. Um, and that leads us to the press conference where Ted is calling every one of those press people <laughs> by their name. Yep. He's joking with them. We find out that they're at their last game of the season, and it is against... Good old Man City. Man City, and Man is short for... Manchester. Manchester. And Manchester is in the country of... England? Yep, I think <laughs> Keep so. going, keep going. And which is in the planet of... <laughs> Earth? Earth. <laughs> which is in the solar system. All right, moving on. No, we get there eventually. <laughs> Trent and Krim, our man, Trent Krim of... Um, what was what's the joke? Like, what does he say? He's like, oh, Trent Krim of the Daily Planet, yeah. if I remember correctly. Do you know that reference? That's from, I believe, Superman. Very good. Superman. I know my Marvel guys. All those <laughs> Avengers getting together and Supermanning it up. You were like, up here, you had it, and then you just dropped it. Oh, I don't care. Comic <laughs> books are dumb. Um, and so are the movies. I'm only a serious movie guy. I love... Let's see. My favorite movie is The Edge <laughs> with Alec Baldwin and um, wow. Anthony Hopkins. And they fight a bear in that one? Big bear. Yeah. Yes, they do fight that bear. I prefer Leo DiCaprio to fight my bears. Thank you very much. All right. That's fine. That's fine. But unfortunately, a Marvel movie, so it doesn't count. <laughs> Trent Krim points out that under Ted's tutelage, uh, the young players on the team have done really well and grown and improved, mm -hmm. but Roy Kent has struggled. And Ted, of course, is going to defend Roy to the death, so he defends him. He does do something interesting where he's like, listen, if Roy was out here, Roy would admit that like it hasn't been his best. Yeah, He's not hiding from it, but he's the backbone of the team. And there's some great camera work. It cuts to Nate and Beard in the back of the press conference. And you can see that they are not on board with mm -hmm. what Ted is talking about in terms of, you know, Roy being the backbone and needing to continue to be there. Well, and I think Ted is just ignorant. He does not understand that Roy has been bad for this long. Like, I, I think mm. the fact that Roy literally has an own goal in the last game is enough to tell Ted, like, oh, yeah, that's clearly bad. You you played bad because you scored a goal on us. But I don't think Ted understands that how, how bad he's been for so long. You don't think there's a scene where Ted goes up to Roy and he's like, hey, man, great goal today. <laughs> yeah. And Roy's like, wanker it was on our team and ted's like hey but it was a goal not about wins and losses not about wins and losses or which goal you put the ball into <laughs> all right so then ted makes a joke oh he's trying to get the introverts in the room to ask questions because ted is always trying to challenge people to be better mm -hmm. uh he tricks them though because he knows the introverts would never raise their hands then we find ourselves in Ted's office where he appears and who is waiting for him as if to spring a trap, but... The are the Triangle Terriers? The Triangle Terriers. Missing, they're... missing one part. Yeah, I like it. They're missing Higgins. So. I do like it. <clears throat> yeah, the Diamond Dogs only lasted, what, an episode? <laughs> yeah. They'll be back. Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> who knows? So then Beard and Nate the Great are waiting for Ted and... Ted does, they're like, please have a seat. He sits down <laughs> yeah. and Ted says, you're either about to do improv comedy or tell me you're dating each other. Either is all right because your suggestion is ally. I don't get that. Okay. So when you go to an improv show, they ask for suggestions. Mm -hmm. And his suggestion for their improv show would be ally. And if they were coming out in a uh, same-sex relationship, he is also their ally. So that is the joke. I still don't get it. So okay. Maybe an ally. Ally, like friend. Like yeah. he's on their team. So oh say if he oh uh, okay, I see what you're saying. If he had to be pulled into the into the sketch, he would be an ally to them? No, 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 no. Like you're like the improv, they're like, hey, give us a subject so we can improv about it. 
Okay. And his throw he's throwing out allies the suggestion for the improv sketch. How is that a suggestion for an improv sketch? I don't know, but it for the people in the audience it made sense for the Ted Lasso joke. I'm going to give you a moment <laughs> to laugh at the joke now that I've explained it quite thoroughly. Still doesn't make any sense to me. All right. Well, write Lasso and tell him. Still doesn't make any sense. I to thought me. it was a good joke. I was confused. Beard tells Ted that he's got to take Roy out of the starting lineup. And they argue uh, that Roy has been making mistakes. And you brought this up, that Ted probably doesn't understand, like, how long Roy has been making yeah, mistakes to the for. extent of his mistakes, yep. Yeah, which we need Nate to kind of explain. And Nate makes some comment like, hey, you know, he's been making mistakes for five games, mm -hmm. but they just haven't bit us yet. Mm hmm which leads to a beard <laughs> joke about how those ones didn't bite us in the butt, but after last game, we have deep bite marks yep. on our butts. <laughs> and the way the camera kind of cuts to Nate's expression as he's like, wait, what? And he says something like, not the ones you pay for, or, yeah. or beard says not the ones you pay for, which leads to Nate asking, wait, you've paid for someone to bite you? He's like, no, 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 no. They paid me. Yeah. He's like, no, I've never paid. Yeah. I've been paid. Been paid. Too. Yeah. And then they, great job by the actor who plays Nate. Very interesting backstory again on Beard. Like, he just lives a very interesting, to say the least, uh, life. You probably don't get paid much to coach Kansas football. And so to make ends meet, you have to fight people. <laughs> you got to fight people on the internet. Rebecca then calls Ted to her office during this conversation. Oh, and I should say that Ted tells them, hey, you're wrong. Roy's going to play. He's and, playing him. And departs. Yep. He's Audi 5000. Also weird. I did, it wasn't needed for that scene. There's a lot of scenes in this and, and like Ted lines where I just felt like they're out of place and not needed. I'm going to go out on a limb and say you did not love this episode. I wasn't my favorite. Okay. I think there's a lot of character choices here, which we'll get to. I haven't really got to them yet that I just don't think are in, in line with what we've been told. I can see you're, you're coiled, ready to pounce <laughs> like a greyhound. A coil like greyhound's coil? I, I think so. I don't know. I've never seen one before. Snakes, I think snakes spoil. So Rebecca calls Ted up to her office because she needs to discuss something, which we think is her going to explain how she has wronged him. Mm -hmm. Instead, she turns into Lasso a bit. She's doing all this like physical, like like word meaning stuff, and like and maybe that's the joke is yeah. all of a sudden she's turned into Lasso. She gets caught up on procrastinate. Yeah, and then she uses the definition or, or the etymology of procrastinate to procrastinate, which I thought is a funny bit. But, of course, she asked Ted towards the end of the sequence, like, oh, do you have a dictionary so we can look this up? He's like, not I, on me. I know our audience is very interested in this, so I looked it up. So procrastinate, it's a late 16th century word. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, comes from Latin, uh, procrastinate. They pro always procrastinat. do. I don't know. I don't speak Latin, uh, which actually, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, so that's probably not how it's said. But it de means deferred till the morning. So from the verb procrastinatare, from pro, meaning forward, and crastinitis, meaning belonging to tomorrow. So that's what Rebecca was trying to get to, but she just needed to brush up on her Latin. So sure, you're welcome, audience. Sure. No, that was outstanding. Now I know where that word comes from, and I will maybe use it. I don't know. We'll and the see. Next, next spelling bee you have when you ask for the uh, derivation of the word? That's going to help you to spell it. I've never once Look at me right now. Look at me right now. Spell procrastinate. P-R-O-C-R-A-S-T-I-N-A-T-E. Nailed it. Oh, man. Nailed it. Good job. I didn't even listen to your explanation. I just did that off my own. Brilliance. Rupert shows up. Rupert, I cannot. To quote... Dr. Cox from Scrubs. Rupert is a bastard covered in sugar-coated bastards or something <laughs> like that. Uh, I'm sorry for the blue language audience, but Rupert is just a jerk. Mm. Rupert shows up. He notices that his boy Higgins is gone. And he makes some comment about how he's like, hey, the only one bad thing about Higgins, which I think Rebecca would disagree with, was that he chewed on pens when he borrowed them. Yeah. But he makes a throwaway line. He says, like, after he noted, he says that, and and Rebecca says he fired him. He says like maybe he'll accept my offer now, 
Does that mean like he's been going behind her back to try to like hire Higgins for something? I would assume so. Yeah, he needs okay. a henchman or he wants his right hand man back. So he must have made some offer to Higgins, which good on Higgins. Higgins was loyal to the team and Rebecca. Well, but Higgins has never really mentioned that. You figure when Higgins kind of like came out and like, you know, said, hey, I, I wasn't saying that when he like eventually said like the F off to Rebecca, Rebecca. and confronted her, um, didn't say, hey. You know, your ex-husband has been trying to offer me offers and take me off the table. I just, I just thought it was a weird throwaway line that just didn't seem to fit with anything we've been told thus far. Oh, I think what it's also doing is giving her kind of a reason to go back to Higgins as well. Because she probably hears that and thinks, oh, Higgins was loyal to me, Yeah. you know, at some point, at least later on. Mm -hmm. So... No, and I honestly, I didn't catch that until you brought it up. But... It was a throwaway. They don't, they don't touch on it. And then Rupert, being Rupert, lets her know that he is expecting a child with his new love, his eternal love, Bex. And Rupert, Rebecca's like, you're almost 70. What are you, a character from the Bible? <laughs> Which is a great line, because everyone in the Bible is always old and they're always having children. So, <laughs> But yeah, Rupert, uh, I'm going to say it again, is a bastard covered in sugar-coated bastards. <laughs> And he, because he says this thing, and it's just so smarmy and so Rupert, where he's like, she's like, oh, I didn't think you wanted kids. And he's like, well, I didn't want kids with you before. before but yeah. it's a clear, like, I don't know, it's devastating for her. Well, and so this is like my, my first big gripe of this episode, because I get that it's... It's an awful, awful, terrible thing to do to somebody. Like maybe early on in their relationship, Rebecca did want to have kids. So we've already kind of established that Rebecca had a you kind of goddaughter relationship with right. uh, Sassy's um, daughter. So maybe she did want to have kids. But this show has told us nothing so far that says Rebecca wanted a family or wanted something with Rupert. To now have this be the catalyst for her to go over the edge and now come clean on everything when there's been so many things that have happened to date that seemingly should have put her over the edge. I just didn't see how this moment was supposed to be this jumping off point for her to now come 180 and back on Ted's side and her to confess everything. I just didn't, I didn't like this sequence. I thought it was more or less an excuse for the show to bring in Rupert just to be a bastard once again and wasn't needed. Like he's been, terrible to her long enough we didn't need him to come in and just throw another wrench in her gears to be able to have her tell the truth like what keely came in to say like hey you need to own up to your stuff like that should have been enough for her to own up not right. only to the pictures but her to look inside of herself and do more again i know this is a terrible terrible situation and i understand how it would put somebody over the edge but the show hasn't done anything to tell us that she has wanted this family or, or this has been a big thing for her. So I just thought a lot of this was unearned. That's that's fair. Well, three <laughs> things. First off, this show's never aired. This show is perfect. And it's <laughs> never had any issues, story writing, character, anything like that. Let me start there. Second, I guess my thought when I gave it a little bit deeper contemplation, uh, which I typically don't give anything, any contemplation. <laughs> Nailed it. Certainly not that word. Um <laughs> was that she sees that, like, no matter what she does, like, to the team, it doesn't seem to affect him in any lasting way. Mm -hmm. And so, like, to keep trying to, like, drag the team down, this guy's just going to keep being smarmy or, or whatever. And then the other thing is, is maybe she's seeing how terrible he is being to her, and she is thinking, hey, I am becoming this terrible to Ted, or I have been this terrible to Ted. Mm -hmm. But I don't see a direct, you're right, it's not a direct. There's been a dozen times during <laughs> the show where she's had this, like, moment where you can see, like, Ted has gotten to her. Yeah. Where she should have come clean then. Like, this playing darts. A, yeah. She has that Oh, look. yeah, the dart thing was huge. Yeah. yeah. Has that look, like, it, there's no reason for her to do that then, because there's nothing new she learns now. Than, than what she knew beforehand, which is, again, why I just thought it was... It's just a silly motivation for that character. Well, that silly motivation for that character <laughs> causes her to, with the sad music playing, walk through. We see some butts in the locker room, which... <laughs> yeah, that was great. Sign me up. Love butts in the locker room. <laughs> Out of nowhere. You just, the, the scene is literally framed by butts. Yes, like, right. I feel like if you had one of those 4-3 aspect ratio TVs, you wouldn't see the butts, because <laughs> they'd be the black bars. 
So that's butts are taking Lasso, over. People weren't ready for Ted Lasso <laughs> yeah. until we all got wide screens for that shot in itself. That was great. So Rebecca walks down to Ted's office. She shuts the door. She admits to Ted that... Can I say before you jump yeah, into this? Ahead. I think what I mentioned at the Tom, top of the episode... You can say whatever you'd like thanks, at any time. Um, I think this is the first of many in this episode breaking points. This was that whatever Rupert said in that last sequence of them being expecting a baby and everything, that is Rebecca's breaking point to say, okay, I got to rip the bandaid off. I'm not only going to tell Ted about the photographs, I'm going to tell Ted about everything. Okay. So hit us. Got it. So then she tells Ted that she hired him because she wanted him to fail. Rupert loved the team. She wanted to destroy the team. She's been sabotaging him along the way. Sabotage. She's... Did you say sandwiches? Sabotage. Oh, okay. Um, the photographer taking pictures of her and Keeley, uh, getting Trent Krim to do the profile. The independent. Trent Krim of the independent. Yes, sir. Say you're his correct. full name. Say his right. full Christian name. Say his name. full Christian name. <laughs> uh, Jamie Tart's transfer. She admits to everything and, you know, she says, hey, I, I tried to do it uh, to destroy Rupert or make him feel bad. Mm -hmm. Huge moment here. Whether or not it is earned or has the, you know, it, it's impactful. Ted, without missing much of a beat, he kind of considers it. And then he says, hey, I forgive you. And his um, reasoning here is divorce is hard. It doesn't matter if you're the one leaving. If you're the one who got left, it makes folks do crazy things. So he forgives her. And then he does say, hey, you know, I'm coaching a premier soccer team in London. This yeah. is like an opportunity for me. It's been positive. He's like, it gave me distance to see some things in my own relationship. Um, it allowed my wife to get what she really wanted because she's a terrible person, which is a divorce <laughs> from me. Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> And um, then he like goes to shake her hand and she hugs him, which she's not much of a hugger. And there's a line here where he says, like, if there's love in your heart, nothing you can't, or there's nothing you can't get through together. And like, kind of Rebecca says, like, you're not just talking about us. And says, like, maybe, maybe not. I don't, I, again, I don't understand what that's referring to. Like, what, what is Ted saying? Like, what, what are they it's talking like, about together? I don't know. I don't I don't want to bruise the <laughs> facade that is the Ted Lasso positivity, but it is kind of just like a Hallmark card. Yeah. But I think he's, I don't know, if they have some love in their heart that they can get through this and that's what matters. I'm with you. I actually don't think I really focused on that line. The thing that was impactful for me is like the forgiveness portion of this, mm -hmm. which I feel like most of the times we are all out to get ours or to like, not exact revenge necessarily, but be mm -hmm. resentful and we hold on to things. And I think this is just a good example of whether or not it was earned or not of someone forgiving someone. Um, so I, I, I don't know. It was pretty impactful for me. The first time I saw it, as I dove into this a little bit more, I have some questions. But mm -hmm. just from uh, an initial watching, you know, I, I really like that he uh, forgives. Some things I, I thought about were like, it's a weird point in the show for this to happen from an impact standpoint. Because... Like, the thing she lists off, like, she's like, oh, I hired the photographer. Mm -hmm. Well, she also took care of the photographer, and the photographer stuff never really affected Ted. Like, no. So, yeah. if I was him, I'd be like, okay, but you took care of that. And then it's like, well, I did the Trent Krim profile. Well, Trent Krim is now, like, an ally and a friend. Like, that one is not really... Yeah. So, really, the only one is, like, the transfer of Jamie Tart, mm -hmm. which you could argue has, like, had an effect. But... They're still a bad team. <laughs> like, I don't know if having Jamie Tart turns yeah. around. So I'm with you. It's kind of a weird, like, timing and, and moment. But the important thing is the forgiveness aspect um, that Ted does forgive. Yeah, and I, I felt like when I was watching this and, and Rebecca is listing off literally one by one, episode by episode, all these terrible things that she's done to Ted, I thought almost Ted was just going to turn around and say, like, yeah, I know. Like, I know you've been trying to sabotage. Right. Like, he's not that ignorant to see how or what she's been doing. But instead, he just 
immediately forgives her, which I don't think if all that stuff gets thrown on him. And I think what you just made the very fair point, like Ted probably doesn't see some of these earlier things as being really that deceitful or, right. or trying to destroy him. That's just cool. He's got opportunity to meet Chant or Trent. Right. He's got an opportunity to do blah, blah, blah. But I, I just don't, I don't, I don't like the way that kind of played out. I'm all for forgiveness. I think people should be forgiven, but to the ease of which Ted forgave her for the, I think absolutely heinous things that she's done mm-hmm. to date. I just, I did not like that at all. Yeah. Well, this is why I never forgive anybody for anything. That's a good point. Like you not paying me that $5 for that bet. Never forgive. Well, we've still never got an episode forget. to go. C.S. Lewis has a quote where he says something <laughs> like uh, forgiveness. We all think forgiveness is like a beautiful thing until we have to forgive someone. <laughs> I mean, that's a terrible summary of the quote, but uh, word I, for word. I did do a dive on like, I was like, I wonder what the definition of forgiveness was. And so I dove into it a little bit and it's essentially the, like the conscious decision to no longer be resentful about something and to no longer seek revenge. It's not the like, like forgetting it ever happened. Okay. It's not like wiping mm-hmm. it clean. It's like, hey, you acknowledge like that a hurt happened or something was done against you, but you're making a conscious decision to not be resentful, not to murder that person in their sleep, which I, I thought think, was an interesting. You know, that's that's fair. And I think that is like Ted Lasso's personality to a T. Like he just doesn't seemingly hold grudges for anything. Right. So. Right. Which he should against one person. Do you know who that one person is? Bex. No, Michelle. Oh. Michelle. So then we find ourselves at training. The team is warming up. Ted makes something, some comment about day-old rice. Does day-old rice make you sick? Did you catch I, that comment? I need day-old rice. I don't know. It was weird. Okay, so apparently you can get sick off day-old rice. That Sam Sam Obasanya, love the guy, <laughs> shares a story about being sick at both ends of his body. <laughs> Danny Rojas, love you too, was like, to be able to do both those things at the same time, the body is a miracle. <laughs> and there's something, like, if you watch the other teammates agree to these statements, like, Roy Kent's like, yeah, no, man, it is a miracle. It's and Royce kind of has that posture stance where yeah. he's got his arms out, like, yeah. not on his side, like, not cross. He just kind of has them out like he's, like, a muscle man. Yeah. Classic they, athletic Roy. They He's running them through drills, like, going back and forth drills. Mm-hmm. He turns to Beard, and he's trying to tell Beard a joke. But Beard won't stand next to him. Beard just keeps quietly moving away, yeah. which is some funny physical comedy that happens in this one. What was the joke? But I think he said, like, I was in the shower and I just thought of this joke. He's like, what does a British owl say? And I had to look this up. Like, okay. there, is, this a, is this a regular internet joke, a generic dad joke that you can just find an answer to? Well, Ted made it up in the shower. So. Well, yeah, but yeah, is it something that has like an etymology and like procrastinate that we went through? A lot day? of etymology for you A lot today. of it, man. That was my word of the day. Um, I like it when they give you the etymology in the bowls and they've got the sweet and sour sauce that you dip them in. That's I my think, favorite. I think that's uh, crab rolls. No. Or Edam- wontons. Edamame. Those are wontons. Edamame. I know. I was just... Oh, you were making a joke? I was making a joke. Oh, man. We should be better at this at this point. <laughs> Nine episodes in. We're on, we're on point. But well, there is... and those three we didn't release. Touche. <laughs> the lost episodes. Yeah. Uh, there is seemingly no official response on the internet. I did not get anything that said, oh, this is what the answer should be. Um, and apparently the official Ted Lasso Twitter account also tweeted out, what does an owl say? So it was like trolling fans to like either they give them, them an answer <laughs> or maybe like the entire series is going to end. And the very last thing Ted is going to say is the answer to what does an owl say? Oh, um, my best guess would be like whom, maybe whom? like whom, like kind of like a British like okay. terminology, whom? who, whom. Um, there was another one that was to quit to who, which is apparently a Shakespeare reference from his play or something called Love's Labor's Lost. Oh, yeah, uh, Billy Shakespeare, sure. I, I literally spent probably 35 minutes on this Isn't trying to figure out when what you lose that was. time. You don't get that time back, Tom. Didn't get it back. And everything I tried to look for this to who, to wit. Apparently, it's like if you search 
like a dictionary phrase of what an owl says. That's what they say an owl says. It's not it's not just hoo 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 hoo. It's to who to quit. But that has like a Shakespeare reference. I don't know, man. Too highbrow for me. Uh, Incredible and, and, work, my and if detective Ted Lasso, friends. Yeah. If Ted Lasso thought about this in the shower, like it just doesn't make sense. That's why I think maybe just whom makes the most sense. But uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll find out find out later. After all this research, we are definitely turning to true crime, <laughs> a true crime podcast. So good for you. Nate also gives them the silent treatment. Nate is much worse at the silent <laughs> treatment. Nate runs away like... Uh, Makes eye contact and then yeah. turns and runs away. <laughs> and then there's this funny cut where Beard is kind of close to him. Mm -hmm. And then by the time the camera comes back, he's at the other end yards of the away. field, which is great. <laughs> Roy is struggling with these drills and he is just screaming some colorful <laughs> language. And Ted says something like, you got it, Roy. Swear it out, Roy. <laughs> Which is a great line. <laughs> then Beard comes back and gives Ted the look like, do you see? Like, After are, Roy collapses. Are, yeah, we are witnessing what's happening to uh, poor Roy Kent's body. Mm -hmm. Then we find ourselves with Rebecca. She has She's staring at a chewed up pen. Uh, which we now know is a callback to Higgins. Mm -hmm. So she hops in the car, she drives to Higgins' house. And this Higgins sequence is just so great because it cuts from her office to her going to the house and it's just playing this cello music. And it's just oh, and that's right. Yeah, dung, yeah. Dung, dung, dung. You kind of just think it's the <laughs> yeah. soundtrack to the movie. Just think the, it's the soundtrack. Show. And then lo and behold, as we get in, Rebecca comes to the door, nobody's coming. Still playing the little dum 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 of a cello. She peers through the window, and who is it? But Higgins playing the cello, playing the the soundtrack that we're listening to. Uh, it was great. You're yeah. right, Higgins with a goatee. <laughs> Quick cut back uh, to Roy and Ted in the stands, and this is a great bit. There are four million empty seats. Roy is sitting in one, and Ted walks over and sits in the seat right next to him. Yep. There are rules about this. Well, now there are rules about it quite uh, <laughs> yeah. for health reasons. But like in a theater, you don't do it. You don't go and sit next to someone uh, at a stall or urinal. You don't go next to someone mm -hmm. um, in church. You don't sit next to anyone. <laughs> in fact, back pew all day, all long. <laughs> Essentially, Ted is trying to breach the subject with Roy of, mm -hmm. hey, you know, we're going to have to not start you. So they're not arguing about, like, benching him completely. They're arguing about not putting him in the starting lineup. But I'm assuming in soccer, the starting lineup, most of those guys play the whole game. Yeah, I mean, this is why it's kind of weird because you have – I mean, he's a defender. Generally, like, your your defensemen are going to be the guys that are, like, your, your core, he's your rock. He's a midfielder. Roy's a midfielder? I thought he's a I, defenseman. I thought he was a midfielder. I thought Obasanya was a defender. I he thought, was a midfielder they pulled back to defense. Right. No, no, no. Obasanya was a defender. They pulled him up to the front. Oh, sorry, you're right. that's why yep. um, Rupert wants to send him back. But doesn't Nate describe Roy as one of the best midfielders that's ever played oh, the end game? Oh, end or yeah, like box-to-box -box box -box okay. midfielder, Okay, right? you're right, you're right. Classic box-to-box -box midfielder. Yeah. I've called him that for years. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other guy I would uh, relate him to would be... Ronaldo, Ronaldo, yeah, Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo is the more famous. Uh, player. Oh, I, yeah, I met his brother. Sorry, He's now just got the transfer or traded to. Well, I guess transferred to Manchester United. Going back to his team, so he's oh, back to the Premier League. Played for the Greyhounds. He's just the worst, but he's a guy that does not put in any effort unless the ball is in his feet. Okay, that's the only time he'll put in effort. Um, We've digressed, but yes, um, yeah, I mean. There are so a lot of guys, yeah, not talking. starting him. That that is the whole thing. But there are a lot of guys that are known for coming off the bench and being huge impact guys. Like just because you're not in the starting eleven doesn't necessarily mean you're not impactful sure. and can help out this team. Sure. A lot of great Premier League teams have just incredible depth on their bench, which is why you have these loans where they'll send guys out to other clubs because right. they need the guys just to keep playing. So I mean, for him, I get that he's an older player. He doesn't want to be benched because he's going to feel that's a slight to him and his career. But I, I think as we kind of see, he starts reflecting and like, yes, I don't have what. And he knows this. He doesn't have the same feet and, and passion, not passion, but doesn't have the same um, abilities that he once had. But he's just, I think, taking more onus to Ted saying he has his back and he's not going to um, 
throw you off the team or anything sure. like that. But it's that you said you have my back. You said you keep playing me. Like, no, F off. I'm I'm moving off. And of right. course, it's classic. Roy leaving. Roy's charming way. Runs off, doesn't look back, just gives him the F off. And then right. runs away. My dad used to tell me I could be an impact player not leaving the bench at all if I stayed on the bench the whole time. Yeah. He, and that's actually what my stepdad told me as well. <laughs> and then when that one uncle that would – he wasn't really my uncle, but he'd show up for games. He told me that as well. So – um i know exactly what it's like to be an impact to ride bench, the pine bench player so they <laughs> depart ted doesn't actually bench roy roy gets too mad before he can get to it but mm -hmm. then we are back with rebecca 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 <laughs> at higgins house i just glitched there and we discover that the goatee that higgins is rocking is a van dyke goatee mm. uh van dyke being a artiste from which century tom uh 16th sure uh, <laughs> add us if we're wrong we don't care <laughs> she makes some comment to him and i relate to this because anytime i grow any type of facial hair uh, my wife has the same kind of reaction <laughs> but she's like oh what does your wife think of the goatee and he's like she hates it with the like passion yeah white white hot intensity, <laughs> intensity. and of course higgins he like thinks it matches his look Chill. Chill. <laughs> so great. I love Higgins. It was so fake, though. I, I feel like that was that had to have been a fake. No, he grew it. You think that was real? No, not at all. He can he clearly grow facial hair, but I felt like that seemed very fake. It was wonderful. Rebecca tells Higgins that she told Ted about the betrayal uh, and that Ted had the gall to forgive her. <laughs> oh, how dare you. <laughs> yeah, how dare so then she apologizes to Higgins, um, and they seem to be patching things up, which mm -hmm. is great because I need more Higgins in my life. Then we have Roy is at Keeley's house. It's Roy Keeley, and they have Phoebe with headphones on. Beats alert. Beats. Oh, were they beats? 100% beats. Oh, man. Yep. You get a dollar. <laughs> and she's apparently listening to Led Zeppelin. Keely makes some comment about how kids are a wonder. Well, it's funny, like yeah, because Keely makes the comment about, like, you know, kids got new teeth and they're pushing out the old ones. Man, the body's a miracle, which is the second reference to the body being a miracle Back from to... uh, Rojas's reference. Which is uh, someone whose kids are losing teeth right now. It is not a miracle. <laughs> it is crazy and weird. And, and expensive. And expensive. <laughs> if you're a good parent. If you're a bad parent, it's all free and they just get sad. <laughs> That's bold. <laughs> Calling people bad parents if you don't give them. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not. I don't. Yeah, if you don't give your kid a dollar for a tooth, you're a bad parent. I'll go on <laughs> I'll record. I'll just explicitly say it. And I haven't. And I failed to do it. So I am also a bad parent. We can start a Facebook group together. Roy explains that he's only. He's talking to Keely about. Well, first he doesn't want to talk to her. Yeah. Classic Roy. And then he starts to open up, and he's like, "Football's the only thing I've been good at." No, no, no. Football's not the only thing I've been good at. Football's the only thing Roy Kent's been good at. I didn't like this uh, either. I feel like third person? all of this third person is just so they can end the sequence by saying, like, oh, Roy Kent should think about Roy Kent. I hated it. I hated Roy Kent jumping out and being like Jamie Tart, like oh. speaking to himself in third person. That is a Tart thing to do. That is not a Roy Kent thing to do. I didn't like it at all. Interesting. Okay. Well, his <laughs> he explains <laughs> that football's his identity. Football's life. Roy Kent, football's life um keely does something very nice here she mm -hmm. brings phoebe over and she has phoebe describe her uncle roy and at no point does phoebe you know say anything about football she's mm -hmm. like beard scratchy swears <laughs> a lot he's nice she loves him gives me ice cream yeah gives me that that and that actress she's just adorable yeah um in the way she delivers that <laughs> his response <laughs> keely's like see she loves you. She doesn't care about football. And his response in front of Phoebe is, who cares what she has to say? She's sick. It's so great. And then Phoebe just rolls her eyes. Like, she yeah, knows. She but, yeah. care. And then we have, once again, a kind of a hallmark moment of Keely saying, hey, it doesn't matter what people think. It just matters what Roy Kent thinks about Roy Kent. So yeah. interesting, interesting back and forth. One of the, one of the jokes that I think was very funny is she, Keely's like, I've never had a child in my house before. What if this child runs around and finds one of my personal toys? Personal massagers. Personal massagers. 
And Roy goes, that's going to be a problem because her mom said no electronics. <laughs> that was awesome. Which is a great joke. And it's called back at the end of the episode. Yeah. So then we find ourselves at the pub. Beard is watching for Lonely. His ex-girlfriend play chess with some other dude. As I mentioned, once again, this is the writer of the episode. So the person you have the issue with is Jane, uh, who is B.B. Walsh. That's who you have the issue with. What what issue do I have? Well, with this episode, you have some issues. Oh, I guess. Well, no. She, well, did she write it or did she, did no, she, she story it. edit it? No, she's the writer. Okay, well, then I have issues with that. Okay. It sounds like you She writes episodes like she plays chess. Ooh. Very good. I don't know Lee? what that means. Yeah, I just yeah. know Beard, Beard Beater, right? So You should have said checkmate after that line. No, I'll get to it in a bit. Okay. Because I do like Beard's exit line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, I've jumped yeah. the gun. Uh, Ted shows up, and Beard has already got, like, four beers out. I look at those beers, and, like, I look at one of them, and I think, oh, that looks delicious. For them, I'm like, they just get warm over time. Yeah. They'd be gross. This is a nitpick that's not necessary. It's not. A, well, I mean, I just I agree give me with a you. bottle of liquor, you know? <laughs> yeah, you do prefer liquor over beer. Um, I I mean, I agree. I, I see all these beers on there. They all look delicious. But that's a British thing. British warm people beer? love warm beer. Like oh. like beer served from the tap, from my understanding, is not like cold tap beer. It is all warm. That's how you Really? Still? I think so. Oh. Yeah. Well, I could I, be wrong. Our British yeah. audience can yell at me, but I, I, I know in general, like Americans, like you got to keep keep your beer at 34 degrees or whatever, like just above freezing temperature. That's how we like it. But uh, this is as cold as the Rockies, yes. as we like to say mm-hmm. here in Colorado. <laughs> so we're from Arizona. As cold as the desert, as we like to say. It gets cold in deserts, actually. As cold as Flagstaff, we like to say here. Get more and more niche about Arizona. Whew. Beard has the beers out. <laughs> He's trying to ease Ted's sorrow because he thinks that Ted has essentially benched Roy and he's going to mm-hmm. take it hard. Ted admits that he never told Roy and that he is not going to bench him. He's going to keep him in. This whole time... <laughs> excuse me ted is explaining things roy or beard's expression does not change no <laughs> ted is explaining things roy's darn it ted is explaining things beard's expression does not change the whole time and it's great and ted makes some comment like you know wins aren't how we measure success and this sets beard off yeah beard explodes he says no, it does matter. Wins do matter. He said, hey, I understood the mission in Kansas when we were dealing with kids and students, but these are professionals and winning matters. He because he makes an because uh, Ted makes a comment about, hey, if I bench Roy, it's affecting his livelihood. Mm-hmm. Beer's comment is it's going to affect the whole team's livelihood if yeah. we don't make the right decisions. Mm-hmm. And he's like, if we lose, we get relegated. And if you're going to pick a player's feelings over your duties as a coach, that's too selfish. And I don't want to be around that. Yeah, I don't want to drink with you because of it. Right. This, I feel, is all incredibly well said by Beard. But why the heck is he saying it now? Like, this just this frustrated me when Beard said this and exploded. Because he could have been telling, like, we, we know Ted's uh, approach to, to coaching. It's not about wins and losses. We, we stood right. there and understand it. But why Beard chooses this moment when you are one game away, three points away from being relegated. I say three points because you know, I don't know if we ever covered this, but uh, a loss in soccer is zero points. A win in soccer is one point. Or sorry, a tie in soccer is one point, And a win is three points. So in terms of relegation, that's how points work. You have to have the most points to be able to not be relegated. Remember? Do the scores of the games matter? Scores are irrelevant unless you are tied in Scores points. are irrelevant. Thank you. Me and Ted are on the same page. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're tied in point. I don't know why I just did this whole diatribe about the thing, but I just don't, I did not like this sequence because I don't think it makes sense for Beard to explode now as opposed to five, three or four games ago when they were close to relegation. Why does he choose this moment to tell him, hey, you can't do this? He well, should have been doing this before. I think they've kind of, as you pointed out, this is a breaking point. He, is, he has come yes, to the, the point, point where like, he thought Ted was going to bench Roy. And at this point, Ted has gone back on that mm-hmm. like three times, it feels like. 
And so he realizes, like, this is the moment I've got to, you know, get real, just like the TV show you and I love. <laughs> Road rules. Real Housewives of Beverly. Hillbillies? Yep, that's the <laughs> one. And so I think that's what it comes down to is like, this is, he's waited. You're right. He's given him a lot of like leeway. Yeah, a lot of runway for this. Ted I, is Ted's yeah. got a method though, and and he's turned some of this around. And but you're right, it is a strange climax. Yeah, but I mean, again, I think what they're trying to do with this episode and the way it's written is they're trying to get a, a handful of people at their breaking points. And maybe you could argue like um, Roy's kind of at his breaking point of of like what he needs to make that decision. Like, am I just going to kind of sabotage the, not sabotage the team, but am I going to realize that I need to be benched and whatever, like we'll kind of see later on. But right. I don't know. I just didn't like the way it kind of played out. I didn't like the way Beard exploded at him. I think the relationship, we haven't really seen any of that stuff now. He kind of throws away that line, like, oh, what put a, who put a firecracker in your butt and lit it kind of a thing. It's just, I don't know. I, I didn't I didn't like the sequence. Sure. Well, I loved it. I loved everything about this episode. It's flawless. Uh, Beard gets up and he walks by his girl Jane. <laughs> yeah. And she grabs his arm. Grabs his arm and she's like, that was the most attractive thing I've ever seen anyone do, which I guess yell at someone at a bar. Odd, I mean odd fetish. Jane, come on by. I yell at people at bars all the time. I am quite certain Beard is gonna bite her. <laughs> <laughs> Most it's gonna cost her. Um, and he makes some comment. He says something to the guy that she's playing with. It was great because yeah, they stand up, they're gonna leave, and then you know, uh, Beard moves the chess piece. He's like, "She's been toying with you, man. Checkmate, mate. <laughs> the devil mate was great. The added mate." <laughs> Um, I want it to be said though. I still love Beard. I love their dynamic. I just didn't like the way this sequence rolled out. I didn't sure. think it was. I didn't think it was earned. But I, I love their. I love their banter. I love their dynamic, and I love everything about Beard. That's why I grow a beard. I grow a beard for I Beard. Been, I have been growing a beard for years, knowing that I'd eventually watch this show. I love this character. The podcast doesn't need to be told that you grow a beard. They know. They can see it through the sound. Uh, like in everything Ted I guess must finish off all four beers because when he walks out of that building uh, he's got the forward hair flip like the rough disheveled disheveled Ted look wait wait, let me do it for the YouTube audience there we go you're very welcome visual audience Ted leaves the pub he goes and he looks the American way when he crosses the street. He looks to the left. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's yeah, funny. he looks to the left. He gets stopped by our friend Roy looking great in that black leather jacket. Uh, they go to Ted's flat and they have a chat. Did Roy save his life here? Was he going to literally walk on the street and get uh, right over? Yeah, I mean, he probably would have bounced off the car, but I don't <laughs> know that he would have died. But yeah, Roy kind of saves his life. <laughs> yeah, which I don't know why How to Save a Life was not playing during this part of the show. <laughs> that would be Bill Lawrence. Come on, <laughs> be on your game. That's on you, man. Lifehouse. How to no? Is that Lifehouse? The That's Fray. Carolina. The Fray. How to Save a Life. You should have been playing at that moment. Do you have any issue with like the drinking? With getting that... hit by cars? No. Yes. I have an issue with that. I'm um, against it. Like, I feel like the show tells us that for Ted to like really think hard about something or or i don't know when he's down he's got a drink like he drunk a lot when he was with like michelle and drinking in his uh um flat by or not flat but in the on the road by himself in his hotel room he had to drink all four of these beers right now to be able to like drown his sorrows like i don't know if uh, did that hit you or anything or doesn't it bother me in the least yeah. tom I don't, don't have any don't have any issue. no i see what you're saying it's it's a like easy device for them to be like yeah. hey Ted is in turmoil because he's drinking. Yeah, let's like, just make him drink. Let's just make him drink. Yeah. Which some people just drink because it makes them more pleasant. <laughs> like, I drink. I enjoy drinking, but I just didn't like I, I thought it was a trope that they kind of did. Like they have to make him drink so he can reflect on what's going on in his life. Some of us wouldn't have any friends if we didn't drink them <laughs> because we'd be super unpleasant all the time. There wouldn't be this podcast if we didn't drink. That's fair. So <laughs> Listen, we met at that airport bathroom because we were both drinking too much at the at airport. The bar, right. So we had to, you know, both uh, 
relieve ourselves. And we had to watch that gentleman. He's like, "Hey, I'm going to leave this carry on here for you to watch it." And I paid left. you. I paid you a lot more than five bucks to bite that night. <laughs> oh no! All right, that was too much. Oh no! That was too much. Got that one. Oh no! That one will stay. Roy is talking with Ted just about his situation, and he makes some comment that he told Phoebe or he asked Phoebe, "Hey, if I'm not playing football, are you still going to watch?" <laughs> Uh, Richmond AFC play and without hesitating she said yes mm. and he calls her something he says something terrible about just the way he comments about this like darling I don't know <laughs> six-year-old yeah his comedy gold he's like she didn't even blink she said it straight to my face <laughs> and then Ted goes into something about carlton he does the dance he does it because of the like the recasting of aunt viv which you know do you ever watch uh yeah fresh prince fresh of bel-air sir sure he says that yeah even though he's not going to be there people will still watch just like when they replaced mm -hmm. aunt viv and then he goes into an alfonso ribeiro ribeiro bit mm -hmm. this is a callback to another line in the show where, and Roy says, I never know how to react when a grown man does the Carlton in front of me, <laughs> which is a callback to when Ted beatboxes in front of Keely. Uh, okay. And she goes, I never know how to react when a grown man beatboxes in front of me. So He doesn't know how to react to a lot of grown men doing idiotic things. Right. A lot of callbacks in this episode. <clears throat> Roy talks about moving to a club that will actually start him. There's some, like, subtle digs at Ted here. Mm -hmm. And then he says something like, God forbid I'm going to have to go play in America. <laughs> and the Americans are going to be like, what? This is what football is? <laughs> Which was a great line. It's funny, too, because that's kind of happened in, in the MLS. So, like, the, the Major League Soccer, what we have in here in, in the States, it is not big. It's definitely growing in popularity. Sure. But one of the reasons it is growing in popularity is because you have a lot of these guys in the twilight of their careers coming to play for these MLS clubs. Right. And it's bringing a lot of fans in and a lot of folks in that will probably never go to these games. Um, but it's. I, I thought it was a great little reference here because it, he, 100% Roy could dominate in, in America if you wanted to kind of play here because the type of uh, football we play here is nowhere near the level it is in the Premier League. So mm. I thought it was a funny little one uh, throwaway line. I think we <laughs> could beat anyone, anytime, anywhere. We proved multiple years. We didn't even make the World Cup four years ago. We're struggling to make it this year. We don't need more cups, Tom. <laughs> we can go to any store and buy more. We've we got don't a, need the World Cup. We've cups. got America's Cup. Actually, we don't even have that. That's like a sailing one. Ted. <laughs> Ted makes Roy some tea. He tells Roy, hey, I'd prefer, you know, even if you're going to go somewhere else and play somewhere else, if you're going to be upset about this, you know, we still want you at practice. We still want you at the final game. It would mm. mean something to the team as a yeah. captain. And so Roy, Roy says, hey, you know, can I have some time to think about it? And they have a cup of tea, which is once again a throwback to how much Ted, Ted hates, hates tea. tea. Yeah, has to call the tea like pigeon sweat. Just can't, can't do it. He's like, this is a joke, right? He's like, this is a joke you guys play on the rest <laughs> yeah. of us. And uh, Roy's like, I love it. I love it. And he drinks <laughs> it with such great relish. Then we're back at Biscuits with the Boss. Mm. Our boy Higgins is back. And uh, Higgins gets his own box of biscuits. Ted does this funny thing where he gives the biscuits to Rebecca. And he's like, I knew you were coming back. I've got this other box for you. And then he says something, well, like, actually, it was for Trent Grimm. His daughter's <laughs> turning three. And he's like, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. These are for you. I knew you were coming back. And then as he leaves, Higgins opens the box. And he's like, these are definitely for a little girl, <laughs> which was just a great, great line. Well, and he says, yeah, like maybe or Rebecca thinks maybe he thinks you're mysterious, silly and playful. Yeah, once again, they're describing, <laughs> yeah, girls again. It was such a, I don't know why that was a theme on this. But then we're back in the locker room. Ted is addressing the team. Uh, Beard and Nate sidle over next mm -hmm. to him to show that they're back in his corner. Uh, we, like, Roy isn't there, right? No. Ted kind of looks over to locker and Jersey's Roy's not there. in the there. locker room, yeah. This is just for practice. This isn't before the game or anything. They're just getting ready for practice. So we have... This is where Nate comes and says, like, hey, you know, I had a dream about you, about, like, what I said, or the fact that I didn't acknowledge you. I felt oh. bad about it. 
Uh, even like you in my dream, I felt like you were. I needed to apologize to you there or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. and Ted goes, "Hey, next time you're asleep and you see me in your dream, apologize." Yeah. Which is a callback to the first episode where they're on the plane and he tells Beard, "Hey, if we see each other in our dreams, let's act like we don't know each other." Oh, okay. So, so be- a lot of callbacks it in is. this episode. But why? That is interesting, though. So, like, does Ted? like believe that dreams speak to him i don't know if this is just a joke theme that he really loves bringing up i don't know Hmm. but our man the captain roy kent shows up puts on a he he asks if he can address the team Mm -hmm. he puts it on and he has a very like deep heartfelt speech where he says (laughs) uh we're gonna kick first team's rear end yeah, during that practice. Yeah. That was it. Not much of a speech. But yeah, he puts on a penny. Do you know what a penny is? I don't know what a penny is. So a penny is like something that uh, if you You're saying penny? Penny. I know what a penny is. Yeah, not like a not an American one, one cent, cent piece. A penny. So go on. What is a penny? They're they're more or less like a, a mesh jersey that will go over on top of whatever else you're wearing, whether it's in practice or on a game or during a game. Uh, that kind of means if it's during a game, that means you're not part of the starting 11. You're not in play. So if you're okay. on the sidelines, you have to wear one of those. So like if you're practicing and warming up on the sidelines, they know you're not in the game. During practice, guys will wear it to differentiate teams because they're all wearing the same blue jersey or whatever. So they'll wear like a dark mesh. So that way, you know, who's on whose team. Okay. So, so I think what they're mentioning. subbed in, you ditch your penny and you go in. Exactly. Okay. So it's like a classic, like a youth soccer or really any kind of soccer. Yeah. Uh, kind of deal like you, you know, put on the penny who's who's on which team or not so that's him acknowledging like the second he puts that on i think you know if you're if you played soccer as a youth if you know the game you know he's accepting that he's playing on the second team for mm. practice and for this this upcoming game so okay and if you stick around long enough the credits start to play as roy who's coming late is like changing into his kit everyone kind of filters out of the locker room mm-hmm. ted beard leave the rest of the team leaves and then it's just Roy alone in the locker room. And it's very touching. He watches, walks over and, no pun intended, touches the Believe sign mm-hmm. that hangs above the door. And then yep. the episode ends. Yeah, I just thought I, I liked that. I thought it was a cool little sequence. I just thought it was kind of out of place for this episode. I felt I felt like if you're going to do something like this, it, you, you should always have some kind of tag or something on the end of the episode. I think they could have done this like they have every other episode where you can show the team kind of going off and then Roy just kind of sitting at the locker room or whatever, and then kind of touching the sign uh, at, at the end. I just, again, I, I found it weird. It was just kind of very small gripe of my bigger gripes with this episode, but um, I don't know. I, I, I don't like when they do something that is out of place for every episode before in terms of like you hit it, you hit a beat and you cut to credits for this one. It just kind of rolls. I don't know. It was unique and I didn't, didn't okay. care for it. Sounds like you felt like a lot of things were out of place and unearned in this episode. That was my that was my take. That was my theme for this episode. Unearned okay. and out of place. There were a lot of callbacks in this. I yeah. I mean, I enjoyed this episode. I think the thing that we should leave people with, Tom, we should look to the positive, and the thing that we should look at most is the importance of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Because here's the deal: if you don't forgive people and you just hold on to that stuff. Eventually, it like corrodes your soul, mm-hmm. uh, and so letting go and forgiving people is just in the long run better. Okay. Do you feel like this is an out of place and unearned part of this podcast episode? Well, it depends. Are you are you wanting my forgiveness for you not paying up for your bet? We, is that what you're? I still have you on contract for one more episode, so <laughs> I guarantee. I bet you five dollars. That on that last episode, I'm probably going to pay up. I, uh, I'm on loan from the Office Ladies podcast. <laughs> <laughs> was that improv or was that scripted? Uh, it was scripted. Of course it was scripted. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us. We will see you for the season finale of season one. Hmm. So episode 10, which Tom is going to now tell us the title. And I'm going to give him a little bit of time to think about it while I call to him, Tom, what is the title of the 10th episode of the first season of Ted Lasso? Showdown and Throwdown. Wonderful. (laughs) This is Julian and... It's all signing out. Thanks again for joining us, everybody. Thank you.